everybody. Jordan Garen coming to you talking about the message that Garen gave two days ago on the 25th about giving. And uh, Garen, giving is really where we got to we gotta walk the walk a little bit in Christianity because yes. we can talk the talk a lot of the time. But when rubber meets the road, that's right. Are you really going to put some skin in the game and give? So yeah. this was a big one. Yeah, that's where are you? You know, are you putting your actions where your mouth is? And I personally, I've needed all these, but I need this one especially. I this command of Paul to excel at the grace of giving, to not just give but to excel, is something I need to be reminded of and striving for all the time because my heart so badly needs to be stretched in this way. Yeah, I think we probably are all in that boat. The text you gave us was 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 7, and you really liked that language of call Paul's call to for us to excel at the grace of giving, not just to do it, yeah. but to excel at giving. So what does that look like to excel at giving? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything to excel, isn't it? You're like, you just aren't happy with good enough or you're good at it. If if anything, you want to excel, it means you you think about it, you put time, intentionality into it. It means you want to take it to a new level. Um, you know, we all have things we're good at and we, pra- you know, racquetball, you want to excel. So you practice, you practice your corner shots. And it's the same with giving. It's like, what can I do to grow my heart to be a more generous person? So I just love that, the language. And it's challenging for me. You said that um, our giving has to come from a place of love and joy and gratitude, that we can't be begrudging givers. And so, I don't know, why why is that, Garen? Like, if we're still, like, you think God is really more happy with the person who gives $20 a week happily than the person who gives $2,000 a week, but they just do it because they think they're supposed to? Like, he could do so much more with $2,000. Is he really that much more pleased with someone who does it from, like, a place of joy? Yeah, I think so, because to me, that if it's coming out of a place of joy and out of an attitude of this is my privilege, to me that means it's coming out of out of love for him. And that's what I was trying to say Sunday. Shouldn't all of our discipleship be coming out of love for him? Not the, the bounded set, the markers of like, oh, this identifies me as a follower of Jesus, but it's more direction and where's my heart going and am I being drawn to him? And to me, love should flow out of a, a life that's directed towards him. Hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And something you said, I had never heard this before, but I really liked how you said it. You said that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. That's yeah, really true. It is. That I can give to something and not love it. But for me to really love something, but never give to it is like impossible. Yeah, it's not It's not possible. And you just think about that with like any friendship or relationship or your kids or spouse or parents or whatever. And try and think of a relationship where you love somebody and you've never like selflessly given to them. Yeah. I just don't think it exists. Doesn't exist. I mean, Carissa's birthday is in two days. And just yesterday, shipped her some gifts because we love her and we care about her. And you give to people that you love. It just, it's what happens. So if someone is sitting there in this in the pew or in the chair on Sunday morning and they're like, okay, I follow Jesus. I'm doing all the right things, but I've never given. Does that mean that they're not really following Jesus? Like, what would you say to them if they came up to you and asked that? Yeah, I one thing I would think, that's why I talked about this point a little bit, is sometimes we just need to be awakened to the fact because I think so many, that's why I try to compare my relationship with God to other people's the same, because some people think of a relationship with God, it's very amorphous and they don't know what it looks like. And so when I can lay it to other relationships, it can be like an aha, like, oh yeah, love, giving does flow out of love. And I do care about him. So 
ah, this is a new way for me to express that love. So it's it it wasn't a way so much to shake people into doing it, but a sense of like maybe an aha of, oh, this is a way to love God. And I do care about him. So I need to start doing this. You think about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and he genuinely, it sounds, I mean, from the story, it sounds like he genuinely loved God and had faith, right? Like, and he's like, hey, I'm doing all these things. Like, what else can I do? And so he, he was, he, he asked and Jesus said, well, you got to, you got to sell it. You got to sell everything. You got to give. And he couldn't do that. Yeah. And so he had that choice of like, am I going to make it real? Yeah. Or not? And so you kind of presented us with a similar thing. Like it's easy to talk the talk. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, if we're going to say we really love God and love Jesus and are walking with him, if it's just like every other relationship, like there's got to be an aspect of giving to it. Yeah. So something really cool about that story, since you brought it up. Yeah, so he's coming and you're like, oh, this guy really loves God because he's following the commands, right? Well, Jesus, of the two, if you think of the tablets as the first set is love God with all your heart and the second set is love man, love others, Jesus only quotes the love other ones. And he says, I'm doing all those. I checked all those boxes. Mm. And then he says, okay, let's see if you love God. And Mm. here's the big test. Go sell everything and give it. And he's like, I won't go there. Mm. And I think what what Jesus was doing was bringing out the fact that he was missing that first one, the mm. love of God. So we can do the whole Christian thing and miss the point. Yeah, totally. It's possible to totally <laughs> miss the point. Yeah. Man, well, we don't want to be people like that. So grateful that we were kind of brought back into the fold. You you showed us the truth uh, with this message right here. You had a really good quote from James K.A. Smith, and he says that uh, that giving is not something we do, but it's something that changes us, right? That kind of like with the gifts where you went with that. Yeah, right. It's not only good for the body. It's not only good for the kingdom. It's actually really good for us. Yeah. And so when we give, yes, we're being obedient to what God says, and that's good. And we're giving, and that's good because we're helping others. But in reality, it's doing a lot more for me than maybe I realize. Oh, yeah. Especially it grows my heart. I mean, I was just, I mean, one of our favorite Christmas stories of all time is the Grinch who stole Christmas, right? Mm, oh, yeah. And he has this little itty bitty scrawny heart. Are you heart. an animated Grinch guy or a Drew Carey? <laughs> you know, I got to go. With, I'm, I grew up with the animated. I just got to stick oh, with that. Man, Carrie's but, pretty funny. It's so quotable. You got to love that first. Yeah, the animated's out. pretty good too, yeah, though. It's pretty good. It's pretty nostalgic. Yeah. Roast Beast and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Classic. But how his heart grows, and that's, you know, at the end, that and it breaks out of the box. That's what giving does to me. And it does change me. And that's why to me, this message is so important for me because I can be the Grinch. You know that? Yeah. In my heart with stuff. And giving is what God uses to stretch me and to change that. So, yeah. Just like you said, that serving kind of counterintuitively, you know, when you serve, you're blessed. Yeah. When you're served, um, God fills you. Yeah. It's kind of the same way with giving, right? Like yes. the more we're willing, to give away, the more God is looking to bless us yep. and to pay it back tenfold, right? Yeah, right. So that upside yep. down kingdom, man. Yes. Right? Yeah. By the world standards, you got to earn and save and keep and keep it, hold on to yes, it. Yes, and hold on to it. But in the kingdom, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. So that's, pretty that's why Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive because it is the upside down kingdom. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Um, you're going to have a question for you. Do you think that giving changes your heart? Or do you think that um, your heart can be changed by giving? Which way does that flow? Or you mean changes your heart or does it reflect my heart, right? 
That's what I meant to say. Yeah. We'll clean that up in editing. Uh, that's okay. I think yeah, we, should, so we should leave it. Do I, like if I'm not feeling it and I'm like, okay, if I start giving, then I'm going to feel it. Is that what's supposed to happen? Or if I give, does that mean that I already have a heart that's willing to yeah, give? Does right. that make sense? I think it's it's a both and. I think it's two sides of one coin. That giving reflects the temperature of my heart. And that's why people say, if okay. I want to know how much you love God and care about him, let me see your checkbook. That's how they used to say it, your okay. credit card statement. But it, so it does reflect the reality of my heart. It shows the temperature. It's like a thermometer, but it's also a thermostat in the giving sets the temperature of my heart. And mm. the more I do it, the more it enlarges my heart. So I think it, it does both. It shows the reality of where I'm at, but it also moves me to the place that I want to be. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, one of the ways that we struggle so much with giving is with something you called scarcity mentality. And that's something that I I shared that I kind of wrestled with this summer. I mean, I've wrestled with it for a long time, but I, the light was kind of shown on it this summer a little bit. I was made more aware of it. But you talked about it as well, and that the scarcity mentality basically says there's not enough resources. Yep, not I've enough. Gotta, if I get something, I've got to white knuckle it and hold onto it really tightly and never let it go because who knows if I'll ever get yes, more. Yes, exactly. And so I got to take care of myself. And that that's oftentimes rooted in um, fear, a need to have control, a need to, be, a need to be secure. And it's not rooted in God to feel that way. Yeah. It's total. And it's, I think it comes out of a total misconception of God. That's why A.W. Tozer says the most important thing about us is what we believe about God, because what we believe about God totally shapes us. And if I have a scarcity mentality of Him, then I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give much because mm. I'll live in fear. But if I really believe that God is a God of abundance and generosity, then I will be more willing to open my hands and my resources and let him stretch me. It's kind of like that that Willard quote that you shared with me a while back that before we're to really trust God, we've got to believe that he is not only great, but that he is good. Yes. That he is great enough to accomplish what he says he can and that he's good enough to really look out for me personally and not just... yeah. His, his will, but yeah. like, how do I fit into that? And part of, to me, the greatness too, Richard Gimple said it, that core to them in their view of giving is that God owns it all. That comes from Psalm 24.1, that it is all his, and that's part of his greatness. So am I really convinced that he is the owner of it and he can shift resources wherever he wants? Do I really believe that or not? I think that's really crucial. And then good, does he really have my best interests in mind? Will he take care of me? You know, does he have me at the end of it? And yeah, I think those two things are really important. So in that way, giving can be a thermometer of like, how much do I really believe what I'm saying that God is a God yes. of abundance? Yes, Because I can show up and sing the songs and I can pray the prayers and I can say like, oh, I believe this about God. But if my actions and my checkbook, or if we're going to go 2022 current version, my Venmo account yes. don't reflect it, then... Do I really believe that? Yeah. And the the converse is also true. When I live into it and I test him, and when he comes through, my belief in his greatness and goodness like grows exponentially. Like, oh my gosh, he really is. I, I put my trust in him and he proved himself to be true. So yeah, even that in those two things, it's a thermometer, it's a thermostat both. Hmm. But I do, I really feel like that abundance, scarcity mentality is really at the root of a lot of our, yes. our giving issues. Yep. I know for me personally, it has been my whole life and yeah. I continue to struggle with it. And that's why I give and seek to excel because I know I've got to live into that abundance. Yeah. Yep. When I look at my giving issues, I think 
I see a scarcity mentality at the root of it too. So totally agree. You talk about something called counterintuitive security. And that just sounds like the worst internet security company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we they, should try that. Let's well, start that company well, and see how we do. Counterintuitive security. <laughs> Nobody would buy our software. <laughs> um, but can you talk about what that means? Like counterintuitive security, what in the world? Actually, to be honest, a lot of that thought came from you. So I'm going to say a little bit. I want you to jump in. But when we talked about it, that was on a Monday morning. And I'm going to kind of quote you and then let you let you uh, give riff a little more. But you kind of said, the here's the really counterintuitive thing that, uh, so I'm afraid to give. I'm not sure he'll take care of me. But that when I do give and then he meets my need, that actually in giving up my security and my money, he shows himself to be true. And I gain a deeper security that he is going to take care of me. So that actually it's that upside down kingdom that actually by stepping into generosity, greater security comes. But we don't think that initially. We think mm -hmm. security is holding on. And you 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 riffed on that and that was really good. So I don't know. Do you have more thoughts on no, it? No, just that that's how the kingdom works. Um, that we think that by holding and keeping that that's how we're going to be secure. But in reality, like in God's reality, that's not at all Yeah, what it is. And Daniel Strickland even shared a prayer at Exponential Conference like probably like four or five years ago by now but it still sticks with me. And she just had us all go through these motions of like, God, I know that in my flesh, it's natural for me to hold and to keep and to store things up for myself, but I choose to be generous um, because you're generous to me. And I need that so badly because I forget that we live in the upside down kingdom. Yeah. And my flesh so badly is like, oh, hold on to that or you know, keep that for yourself because that's how you get security. And I know that it's not really true. Yeah. I mean, think ex experientially, Jordan, you, for those of us who've struggled with scarcity, and when you think my security is in my money, so you get a raise, and then you hang on to that, like, okay, I got to keep that. I need that. Your security never gets better <laughs> the more you get, right? And the more you hang on. It isn't, you don't, oh, now I feel secure. No, you actually are like, gosh, I need a little bit more to be secure. Mm -hmm. And it, it, we all know that it doesn't provide security, but until we step into to really excelling at generosity, we really won't know the counterintuitive nature that true security is in God. There's a lot of things that you can kind of talk about and conceptualize in faith, but giving is one where like you can talk it to death, but until you put pen to paper, you're not going to really get it. Yeah, and right. So I agree with that. That's maybe part of our, our plea to like, hey, use your gifts in the body. Yep. Use your financial means to further the kingdom because like we said, God doesn't need it. We don't need it. Like the individual needs it. Yeah. Because that's what it really means to follow Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Last thing you said was you brought about um, that it was like a Ponzi scheme, like pyramid <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And like the, the, it's like the TABC prime members were at the top. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. No, Garen brought out this this ladder of generosity. generosity. And and without context, it, it looked kind of funny, but you did a good job of explaining it. That this is not like, you know, climb the ladder and be more important or be yes. closer to God. Yeah. It's not like right. that at all. Nope. It's just like, where are you on this ladder? Yes. What's your next single rung yep. of, of becoming a more generous giver? Yeah, what's my next step? And it's not like people at the top are closer to God than people at the bottom. It's yeah. not that. It's just where am I and how do I get better? At this? Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, that that to me that's important. I and I've 
I was talking to you ahead of time, but I had an experience. Pat and I were newly married. We're going to seminary. We're in a church. We're, um, we're dirt poor. We're giving. We're at a kind of a low percentage, but seeking to grow in it, but still at a low percentage. And the guy who kept track of money at the church came up to me about three months in, and he was pretty wealthy, and he said, I've been noticing your giving, and it cannot be at 10%. You can't be there. I just know nobody has that little money, and what's up? And it really struck, it just struck me because the reality it was is we were trying to climb this ladder. We were at a low percentage, but the reality is, is we were giving sacrificially like that widow to Jesus, and he was ranking us spiritually and ranking himself. And I'm not going to say we're, I don't want to rank him, but we were trying with where we were. We were trying to be faithful and we were trying to grow and we wanted to get better with that. But um, anyways, it's not, it's not about who's more spiritual because somebody could be down here at this lower rung. And I mean, Jordan, they're, they're giving and it hurts. And that's what that widow was like, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, and giving freely but there's sacrifice to it. And to me, that's the key is, is that there's sacrifice in my giving. And we're all at different income levels and sacrifice is different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and like, but you don't give though, right? Oh, of course not. Yeah. I mean, that's why we work at the church because yeah. we live off of people's giving. Like, yeah, right. We, that's we how don't. it works, right? <laughs> okay, please don't end the podcast and think that's truth. No, of course. Um, I've had people ask me before, like, so do you give or does Garen give or does staff give? And yeah, of course we do, because everything we're saying is true, not just for yeah. people listening, but but for us, like we, and Garen, you talk so much about your need, and, and same for me, our hearts need this too. So badly. And when we don't put skin in the game, it's all talk. Yeah. And so we need it to stay close to the heart of God. Yeah. At least I know I do. Yeah. And so, yeah, Kate and I give regularly, and we're happy to do it. We believe in what God's doing at 12th, and so it's a joy to give. Yep. And when we see, when we can fit it, into our into our giving, we are happy to support missionaries and extra things like that too, um, because it's important to us. So, I would hate for anyone to have a vision of like, oh man, these guys talk about it, but they don't really do it. Yeah. So exactly, and that's what, I mean. Pat and I are in this journey of generosity ourselves, and we are trying to excel at it to get better. And so every year, we're like, what can we do to get better to enlarge our hearts? And if we can, you imagine if everybody at twelve had that attitude. Not so how much are you, where are you at? But just if we're all asking the question, how can I excel? Uh, like how much we would advance the kingdom? Like how much could could happen? How much more God could do through those resources? So if someone is hearing this and they're like, okay, I don't give. I never grew up with giving. This is new to me. I, I want to do what is right. What's like a What's like a baby step or a first step for them? Yeah, to me, the baby step is if I am if I give like nothing, it's like, hey, uh, this is what I've always heard. I don't know why, but they say, don't don't go to one, two, but 2%. Just say, what's 2%? Let's just start doing something regularly and intentionally. Get our skin, get some skin in the game and see if there's not joy in that. I mean, there will be. And then just say, let's, let's just grow in this. Let's yeah. be on a journey and let's so try to grow. 2% of your paycheck give that see if god i mean put god to the test see if he blesses you see if see if you go broke and and hungry yeah. and homeless yes and if he takes care of you um or maybe even you see fruit or blessing from it then when you're ready increase it and and grow but take baby steps don't feel the need to you know jump to 10% right all at once or 
give half your paycheck away or anything like that. Yeah. Just take the baby step. That's what I think. And and you said you committed ahead of time before we got on this that if somebody if somebody does get thrown out of their house or something that you're happy to let them move into your basement. Yeah, that's true. Um, you can come stay at Casa de Steinman for free, <laughs> but you will probably want to move out soon <laughs> because it's crazy. Yeah, especially the dog, right? Yeah, the dog. You'll be rooming with Cooper, so <laughs> good luck with that. Okay, guys, hope this was useful. Hope that it was clear. I thought it was clear. Um, but if there's ever questions or anything, please reach out because this is important. This is how we walk the walk yep. with God. And it's good for us. It's not just good for for the kingdom. So, all right. That was it. Thank you, Garen. Yep. See you guys.